c'est 23. Hey folks, welcome to this uh, last episode of uh, the first season of uh, Game Over, the baseball podcast. Uh, man, it went by real fast, man. Um, obviously, we're going to be back next year. Uh, in the meantime, Eric and I will probably find ways to uh, still be active on social media and uh, on uh, different platforms to uh, keep this little string of, uh, of baseball happiness between us uh, alive and stuff. Thanks for, uh, f- thanks for all the comments we've had. Thanks for being with us. We could see the audience grow and grow, and that's what I guess uh, the, uh, you know, it's always a good sign for a new podcast to see that people are you know, jumping in and uh, discovering you know, what it's all about. And uh, I don't know what you think. Uh, wait, I don't know what you think, uh, Eric, but uh, uh, I was looking at the intro, and uh, for season two, we're going to have to change. Uh, on, one, on one of them, I look like way too pissed off. I look like I'm going to bite someone. And on the first one, I didn't notice before because usually when, when the intro was on, I look at my notes and stuff and before we go on, and uh, you look quite chubby. I'm not fat shaming. I'm not fat shaming because you can't do that anymore. But I'm like, hey, man, he's looking like, uh, you know, you're looking like, um, what's his name? That just, re- oh, God, man, it would have been a funny punchline if I just remember the name. God, he just retired. You see, come on, man. Uh, pitcher Bartolo, Bartolo. Bartolo Colon. There we go. See now. The, the man, the legend, the myth, the I man, the legend. No, man. Fuck, man. You've met him before, right? Have you met him before? I played with him. I played with the Rangers. That's right. Yeah, play with him in the Rangers. Great, amazing guy. Always yeah. Loud. Oh yeah. Talk about love of the game and having fun playing the game. It's just super chill. Really, really good dude. But at the same time, you know what? I mean, it, it looked like he had so much fun on the mountain and stuff. But he was a warrior, right? It's not because you have. It's not because you're smiling and you're having fun that you're not taking things seriously. That's just you know. No, I, he just enjoyed the game. But he was he was a warrior. He was one of those guys that just yeah. And he threw a lot of innings. I mean, people forget how much innings he threw. And then the Cy Young, you should have won. Cy Young when he got traded from the Expos at Cleveland the Expos. So yeah, you know, he's a, he's a he's a horse. He's one of those guys that you know everybody loves him. Everybody talks about how big he was, but mobile. That, like, that guy's an athlete. I mean, talk about an athlete. That was, was unbelievable on the mound. Big cat. He was a he was able to do things that it doesn't look like he's an athlete, but he's a great athlete. Man, he, he, he doesn't hold the record for uh, home runs by a pitcher, well, except for Babe Ruth, but that doesn't count because he's a two-way player. I, don't think, but, uh, I, don't th- I think he has one home run. I don't is think that it? I think, what yeah, am I thinking of then? Oh, yeah. I think like Mike Hampton, all these guys. I mean, uh, I remember oh, Mike Hampton, yeah. Darren Dryford. Darren Dryford was an amazing hitter, too. He yeah. had a lot of home runs. Actually, you're uh, right. You know, it's it's kind of fun that on the last episode of the season, I just you know just pronounced one big idiotic blur, and uh, but that's the way I like to to go about the podcast. Makes, he doesn't know. leave steal a stolen base for pitchers, that's for sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing, man? How many, how many did he get? Ninety-five. What are you talking about, man? Really, career-wise, ninety-five would have been like you know, big sex. He's got ninety-five bags. Yeah, he stole home. What did that day? I missed that highlight for sure, but it was like uh, you know. But you know, I, I like when I fuck up things. You know, that way people feel like you know baseball. Okay. People have a baseball knowledge. I can, go. Rarely, I can rarely correct you because you're very knowledgeable in the game. So that's fine. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, told by Simon, our producer, that uh, first uh, first home run at 42. 
But then oh, he yeah. hits between the age of 42 and 44. Didn't he hit like 30 something? I'm just kidding. I'm trying to like make up for my mistake and stuff. And uh, let's talk about today, uh, as usual. And uh, actually, I can't wait uh, for it. Uh, we were uh, actually have special guests. We have two special guests today. We're gonna talk. We're gonna come on the show at the same time. Uh, we're talking about uh, your wife Heather and Jeff Vicero's wife. Uh, Kathy, who are in business together, but we want to know the behind the scenes of what it's like to be uh, a baseball just, wife. I hate saying I'll that. I think it's like because it's more than just being a baseball wife. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's like you, you have to like manage, you know, the whole family and 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 uh, a thirty year old kid. Big egos right here, and it's just yeah. to, you know just to live with us is not that hard, uh, that easy. But it's you know there. That's why I wanted to talk about to them a little bit, just kind of what it's like behind the scene, just kind of what it's like. To, like everybody thinks it's it's so glamorous and everything, but yeah, I mean there, there's a flip side to everything, and that's a that's a flip side. I think it's pretty interesting to talk. And you know, my wife, obviously, she's the best ever. And then Kathy, you, you are she, very well trained. Perfect timing. It was like exactly, yeah. No, it's gonna be interesting. It's fun. They're good people, and they're good best friends, and they got a lot of knowledge that. Uh, can be really useful for future wives. Well, no, but actually, when you talked to me about it, I thought it was a good idea, and I thought we were going to stick to, like, you know, the whole baseball aspect, but actually they're in business together, in the real estate business, and people are going, oh, man, okay, now you're plugging. No, that's not what it is. Cause no, we are. Two wives are. who have, like, well, yeah, you are plugging stuff, but, I mean, the, the, the advantage is, like, you know, I, and it's actually Kathy, because uh, we already taped the segment, so I know we're going to talk about, but Kathy was talking about, like, you know when Jeff was traded or signing with a new team, just to, you know stumbling upon like a bad you know real estate agent who just puts you not in the right neighborhood and whatever and stuff and just like so so Heather and 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 Kathy provide that service like we're not just selling you a house we're like you know welcome Goodbye. to the city and welcome to where you know you're supposed to where your life yes. is gonna be better like kind of like uh, well they make they make they make the guys they make the family feel right at home i mean almost automatically and it's it's a lot of work i mean it's a lot of work to deal with a lot of moving school yeah. a lot that you know we don't think about we only think about hitting home runs or throwing strikes there's a lot behind the scene that's happening that it's you know without yeah. these guys without our you know better half it's very very difficult for us to go on the mound and perform and i thought it was kind of i thought it was kind of you know pretty uh pretty given that you have these two people on them because they've been through everything i know i mean kathy and jeff moved 16 times i think uh, she said so yeah. uh yeah what was your toughest move do you remember what was your toughest move the toughest was the hardest move I've ever had was basically when I got traded from Texas to Boston. It wasn't hard because I didn't do much, but I'm saying for like my buddy, my, I had a trainer that was traveling with me and then my wife, my ex-wife, and then we had to go from Dallas in two days, basically move everything out of Dallas, move everything to Boston. So that was hard. That was the first time I've ever gotten traded. The only time I've ever gotten traded. Yeah, because so before you had signed different. as a free agent and stuff. Yeah, so. in, the middle of this, yeah, in the middle of the season, you have to get traded. You got to move your kids, school, and everything else, and find new sitters, you know, find new places to live, new restaurants. Yeah. It just, you, that's why I like, that's why I think it's important to talk to the rock of our families and they're, you know, they're, yeah. they're pretty impressive and they don't get the credit. We get all the credit. We get all the highlights. We get talked about on TV, but they're, uh, they're the superstars. That's so well said. <laughs> <laughs> I just love when you're so humble and so like you know. Like, well, that's true. I feel a little like cute that. puppy who's like you know is going to be pet tonight by the wife. It's like, oh, I better geez. be pet tonight. I oh. better be getting a little petting. <laughs> All right, we're opening a really fucking weird door, so we're going to stick to baseball <laughs> and uh, what we do best. There was actually um, there's so many things I want to talk to you about in no specific order. Um, as we're taping this show right now, uh, this is September 25th, so we've got we got about a week left. 
of a regular season baseball uh, and then the playoffs start. And um, I, I want to talk to you because in, ho- in hockey, you know, as, 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 as we get close to the, uh, to the playoffs, uh, the one thing you hear almost, uh, I mean, you hear very often is like, who's got the hot goalie? Who's going to have the hot goalie in the playoffs? Who's going to make the difference between the pipes? I mean, everything's goalie, goalie. Of course, the offense counts, but you know what I mean? I mean, nothing beats a hot goalie in the playoffs. I have a feeling that in baseball, the word bullpen is the one that we keep hearing for the last couple of years, man. It's like if you if you have that strong bullpen, that, that shutdown bullpen, like just if, if the starter can get to the sixth inning, mm-hmm. it's over. Am I, is, is it overrated, you think? Or, okay, I'm asking, I'm, I'm, I'm asking relievers. So I, I can kind of well, guess your explanation. It is the most important thing in the world is a bullpen for sure. <laughs> But no, I, th- I believe that. I mean, the, the, the goalie, I mean, the closer, it's not just the closer. If you have a deep bullpen, guys, you can trust in the sixth and seventh inning. Yeah, of course, you got your superstars in the back, like the, the, the closer and all. They all get all the credit and everything else. But I believe that if you have a solid bullpen, And I, middle relievers, I mean, a lot of it that you're going to have to pull your starter yeah, early. The last three guys. Second, the last three guys, the are, last three guys are key. Yeah, and then you get those guys that are starters, number four and five starters. They might not pitch. These guys go in the bullpen to give you a little more depth and a little more, uh, a little more uh, options in the front. So you can, take a, you can take a starter out after three or four innings if you see he doesn't have it or the matchup calls it differently. So, yeah, or advanced well, stats show you, you know, otherwise – <laughs> no, but that's true. I mean, and that gives you a lot more flexibility being able to do that, you know, control your matchups and really, but I think to be honest, it's the bullpen. Of course, it's always pitching in defense. And I think the teams that can actually do the little things, bunt the guys over, get the runs they're supposed to get in. Yeah. I and mean, if you go on you know, less than two outs, men on third, sacrifice yourself, really get the guy in. They don't do that as much in the play, uh, during the season, but in the playoffs, you know, everything is magnified through a hundred times. Yeah. And every little mistakes are, you know, the, you pay for those mistakes. And it's the same thing as a Crows. I remember, I think it was Brad Lidge against, uh, is it Brad Lidge? He gave up a home run to Albert Pujol. I mean, he was crushed for two, three years after. So, I mean, the bullpen is very important. I think if you have a solid bullpen, it gives a lot of a lot more options to your your manager to really pull the guy earlier and then just go into the bullpen. And of course, you know, the, just basically yeah. just have the stress, the stress and the pressure of being the playoffs. I think it advantages the pitchers. It does, but at the same time, you just mentioned something interesting because I remember that. Yeah, and 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 honestly, if you're the guy that gives up, you know, it, it's it's okay. Blown save during the season, you know, it, everybody lives it. So, um, but in in the playoffs, like you said, it's microscopic, uh, especially World Series. If you're that guy, Mitch who Williams, just Mitch Williams for. Uh... Philadelphia when he gave it up against the Blue Jays. I Joe, mean, he was Joe dumb. Carter. Joe Carter. It was never it's the same fair. after. Never. I mean, it's it's very mental. Right? We all know closers are different beasts, different animal, different mindset. And I think when they're good, they're good. When they're not good, I felt it in Boston when I wasn't doing well. It goes down a little bit, a lot more than normal because you don't have a chance in you know, four or five innings. So it does make a big difference. So if you have a really hot bullpen, you have a depth in the bullpen, it gives a lot more options. And I think it's. That's the key. Playoffs is really pitching and uh, bullpen. Yeah. Can we just pause for a second? Hey, Simon, je, 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 j'entends LP dans mes écouteurs. T'es-tu là, Simon? <laughs> Au moins, on t'entend pas ta voix qui était ta là. <laughs> Hey, je pensais vous me niaiser pour le vrai en plus. Je t'assure, c'était pas ça. Je suis calme. OK, on va reprendre comme si on était euh, de, de, 
dans le... Tu viens de finir sur l'affaire de Bullpen. Comment c'est de même? C'est correct? Oh, oui, non, écoute... Uh, <laughs> you know, here's something else I was going to talk to you about is... Um, the last couple of weeks, we've seen teams like the Pirates kind of being like spoiler teams. Uh, you know, they put a dent on... To, and like I said, as we're talking right now, Chicago's still in the wild card spot. Uh, Cincinnati was close. They, they, they actually were winning a game by nine runs. Uh, the Pirates came back to win. Uh, there's always I, I love I love that team that was you know you know going tr through a transition rebuilt whatever who's having like a, you know a bad season that kind of like you know spoils it for other people and it's, I'm, it almost sounds mean when I say that but I mean there's something first of all it shows that guys have pride for the whole season you know yep. these guys were like you know beaten down uh, as early as like July still want to fight and you know and and if I have a chance to ruin your chances and I can actually take something from that for the off season I will do it but uh what what about you did you have, what what happens as you get close to like October 1st like early October is it a thing about like if you have like you know a matchup like the Dodgers for I don't know why I thought of that but like you know what you play I don't know like the Giants who you guys were always fighting with and stuff like that you know and then boom next thing you know uh at the time well when you like you know a bottom feeder team from that season kind of mm -hmm. is it because you're taking it for granted is that because you're like you're thinking too far ahead yes and no i mean a lot of guys that are already in the playoff a lot of teams are in the, already in the playoffs they're trying to set up their you know their starters trying to give the rest of the players and the younger teams or the teams that are trying to play spoilers these kids i mean these kids are young i mean they're trying to fight for next year's job and they're looking they're looking at it where you know what that i got a chance right here to prove myself so It's a fun. I mean, there's no, there's no free games in the big, in the big leagues. Everybody's trying to prove himself, make more money, trying to really show up in the next year, trying to gain a spot for next year. Uh, a lot of guys are call up, September call up. So you got a lot of new guys that are coming in, that have a lot to prove. So there really isn't any games that are just given to you. And then a lot of times, that's what we talked about when I was with the Red Sox. We came in and I can't remember. I think Colorado won like 14 or 15 games in a row to get to the playoffs, and they're just hot. They came in and they swept everybody until they got to us. But then, you know, that's that's the difference. I mean, I think when you still play, I think that's a big advantage of teams that get into the playoff. Really, how like a team like the Twins or whatever, if they play really well, go into the playoffs. It's easier to keep it that way. Guys like if, you know they clinch too early. Sometimes it's hard to turn the switch on and off, and I think that's a big difference. And especially when you play young teams like Pittsburgh or uh, you know the teams Cincinnati, these teams have a lot to prove. There's a lot of young kids on those teams that are trying to gain, you know, trying to get money, trying to get you know another spot for the next year and all that. So that that makes it really really interesting. And I think you know that's the beauty of baseball, Major League Baseball. There's no there's no wins. There's no automatic win. There's no time. There's no clock. Well, there is a clock now, but there is no clock. You know, you play everything. <laughs> Yeah, that damn clock you love so much. I hope you got used to it by now because it's going to stick around for a while. I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if – you know what I like to see is like four – You think it's going to stick around? I don't think it will. I think in a year or two they're going to start changing and see like there's maybe some some ways to make more money or maybe the players are fast enough and then they're going to see that your primetime television might be better to be an extra half hour or so for commercials and stuff like that. They might they might. No, that. that's the last thing you need. To, I mean, I know, I know you know – Getting sponsorship is actually, you know, well, the TV deal and what, what finances a TV deal is, you know, the sponsors. So it's like, you know, it's, um, big, it's, it's a big, it's big money, especially you talk about those Mario. I was yeah, but we don't watch them. We don't watch those commercials. They should actually just put something like something subtle it's, at the bottom. Because you know yes. what I do now, especially for football. Mike, everybody, Mike, all the players, Mike, Mike, all the players, especially in the bullpen. Mike, the players in the bullpen, go in the bullpen between, you know, between innings or whatever. That's interesting. That'll be really and they interesting. They can do commercials like, 
yeah, just put the commercials on the side and then just yeah. put the odds on the right or left or whatever. And then you just kind of stay there. I mean, they did that when I came in, they didn't go to commercials. They went straight to like, they did the DHL delivery guy, but the door was DHL. So that was their commercial and they didn't go to commercial. for Yeah. Them, so. Because now you know, I find myself, way. I tape games and I start watching like, you know, 45 minutes later. Football, like I said, is the yep. worst, man. It is so long. It is. Yeah, it's I just mean, like. It's, it's, it's so long. But I mean, there's a way. I think now with the technology, with all the gambling and everything else, there's a way to keep it on the game and really entertain, uh, entertain other than just the game being yeah. played. There's a lot of uh, stuff that you can interact, you know, live interaction with the fans through either gambling or whatever it is. There's so much option. I think it's going to go back to. And they can teach the kids. I mean, they can teach the yeah. game. And, you know, they'll be kind of interesting. Well, Simon just put out something that reminded me. Uh, it was a good point. Uh, Formula One does that. As they break yeah. for commercial, we can still see the action. And uh, that, to me, it's like the perfect. They don't stop in the middle of the hood. Time out, we got a commercial here. They don't stop that. So it's oh. like they have to. And you know what and pisses me off ball. is, like, if you go to a hockey game, especially here in Montreal, where, like, you know, if you, a hockey game, two people, good tickets, is a $1,000 evening. So tickets alone, like, three to 400 Uh, to a restaurant or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So I just paid, like, you know, I'm inviting someone over or I took my girlfriend out. Just cost me a grand. You're going to fucking stop the action for the guy at home. You know, I, it bugs me. I, it just kills me. So, uh, but anyway, I don't know why we were uh, we went so far off on um, ADD. No idea, exactly. Yeah, but, um, um, so, yes, I'm going back to what we were saying. It's like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I... I The last week, the last two weeks, man, especially, like I said, like if, you, if you're playing like we just saw this week, like against the Pirates or something, who were spoilers and stuff, I mean, you know you're supposed to beat those teams. and But you're thinking ahead of like, you know, I, that's right, next week to close the season, you know, yeah, we've clinched the playoffs or we're just close to it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, my God, while you're thinking about like next week's games, it's like, ah, oh, man, it's for nothing for, you know, X, Y, Z, the A's, the Oakland A's, you know. When you go to bat, when you're pitching, you hold the ball tighter, Do you do, do, do all the um, bat tighter? It's like, you know, where's the... Well, I mean, it's just, you're trying to do... Uh, baseball is such a long season, such a marathon. It's all creature of a habit. So really, you're just trying to keep the same, trying to go out there, do your job, do your business, and really kind of like understand, all right, this is my chance. I mean, that's why it's such a young man's game too now. It's very different. Now, a lot of guys trying to prove it. We're talking about free agency. We're talking about arbitration case or... It's all comparable. It's two or three more home runs might get you an extra two or three million dollars or an extra year or whatever it is. So guys understand that. And I think that's the job of your, you know, your agent has to make sure you remind the players that don't slack. I think the players are smart enough. They understand that. Of course. And, uh, and of course, and, uh, and the coaches, the managers, they have to keep it up, keep the, you know, keep the guys interested, keep the guys, make sure they understand the, what it, you know, what the important it is to get, you know, get on the field. We talked about culture and everything, play every single, every single pitch you make and make sure you're uh, committed to it. Every time you run the first base on a ground ball, run hard, all those little things that, you know, make you a better player. I think you yeah. just focus on that. Actually, um, like I said, in the next segment, we're going to talk to uh, your wife and her best friend, Jeff, um, Kathy Fisero, wife of uh, Jeff Fisero. And after that, for the closer, we'll make our uh, prediction. This, since it's our last show, we're going to make our predictions for, uh, for, the, for actually the playoffs and World Series. But we forgot. I'm actually I'm back. The Rangers are back into it. I don't know why. I just, it's something different. Different team. I like their vibe. Uh, I, th I thought it was so sad to see them like crush. I think at one point they were like five and 15 on a 20 mm -hmm. game uh, a, a stretch or something. But um, and I know because you know we're on every two weeks and stuff. We uh, uh, it's been talked about a lot, and you and I even texted each other uh, when the news came out. But uh, you know, and, and especially you know since you're not afraid to speak your mind, 
the fuck, man? The Otani situation, that's a oh, disaster. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it's a disaster. And it's so sad that, you know, I mean, the surgery now is not going to pitch next uh, season. You, you actually, when you and I talked last night, and uh, I told you, I made a prediction. I'm, I'm sure someone, because people say, okay, it's, how do you manage his contract as a free agent? Next year, he won't be pitching. So do you throw in the pitching money also just to you know lure him to your team and you go look i'll give you 30 million year one 50 or 60 year two because we'll be playing both positions i mean um what's going on but before we settle that i'm gonna ask you a simple question which is to me so obvious he's not going back to the angels i don't think it's that obvious i mean especially really? after that injury. i think after that injury and remember this this guy is a special guy i mean he does his own scheduling he does everything himself he dictates everything Well, so, he found his formula and he's applying well. And so. he's familiar. He's familiar with the Angels. He's familiar with the front office. He's familiar with all these guys. The one thing I didn't like is he left right away. And that was kind of that's kind of weird. I want to know why. Because, I mean, I've listened to know, every other podcast, every news or something, every speculating. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's nothing. But it's got to be something. Yeah. Maybe it's nothing at all. Maybe he's just mad at himself. I mean, it happens. I mean, I've walked out where I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm out. He's probably But tired you didn't, of losing. But you didn't clear your locker when you did that. You know what I mean? No, I know. That's what that's what, that's what. what made me a little doubt a little bit, the relationship they have with both of them, with the Angels and the front office, because it took a little while to come out and say, hey, this is why I left, the reason why I was mad, whatever. Just come up with something. You know, he didn't talk to the media at all. So this – To me, that was kind of weird. Maybe, I mean, maybe yeah. there's more than we think. Maybe there's nothing at all. Maybe, maybe he wanted to get traded and didn't trade him. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's been a lot of, you know, they're hold probably on talking here. Hold on here, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gags. You, you, you've been, you're speculating on a lot of things. Yeah. You played the game. You're not here, afraid right? to speak your mind. Either you're searching as much as I am, but no. Come on, give me gut feeling. Give me, give me Eric Gagne, gut feeling. What the fuck happened? I think that I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to think because I think he's a, such a good ambassador for the game. I think he's a very professional player. He is. He's not a head case. He's not an asshole. You know think, what I mean? Exactly. So I want that makes me wonder about the Angels. That makes me wonder about how they handled it. That's what makes me wonder. That makes me wonder: Did they lie to him about the negotiation? Did they lie to him about the trade? Did they lie to him about yeah. his workload? Why would they make him pitch anyway? Is he there out of play? Like. They, there's so much variables in the Otani situation. Just so, he's such a phenomenon. He's such a different type of player that you don't want to manage him because you got to trust him. But at the same time, say, hey, this guy is the face of baseball for the next 10, 15, 20 years for a long, oh, long 15. time because oh. he's the Beirut. He's also I mean, he's, even after he plays, I mean, we're talking about like, talking, I mean, okay. in Japan, yeah. the game is huge. I mean, he's a god in Japan. He, you know, he walks on water. And it's pretty just, much a god here, too. I'm, mean, you know, honestly. Yeah, you know, but over there, it's even, I, 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 I don't know if you've ever been there. Baseball is everything. Yeah. It's more than here. It's way bigger. It's totally different. They're literally like, when you, I went there to play for the All-Star, Major League All-Star. It, it, it's not like here. They're very disciplined. It's very, very strange how the yeah. game is. But it's, to me, to like, I don't know. I have a weird feeling about it. I don't know what it is. I think that I know the GM, the GM there, he was actually the clubhouse guy for the Rangers. He was the son of our club. Okay, so the then Rangers. you can get us a scoop, man. Come on. You got one phone call to make and I'll, we'll, we'll settle this right away, man. No, I think, you know, just first call of all, him just now. looking back. Come on, call him just, now. Manesian? <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, the way, first of all, just the situation to trade him or not was ridiculous. I don't know how you can even come up with a solution because there's so much pressure because there's no, no matter what happened, it's like, oh, you're losing the best player 
in the world or you're not going to sign or you don't want him back. Like, it but looks not bad. just that. They made two trades. Hold hurt. on. They made two trades. Mm-hmm. They lost their number two and number four prospects on top of but the I, whole thing for guys they cleared. It is the biggest blunder. It's such an embarrassment. I mean, we're talking about Otani and Trout. If I'm an Angel player, I'm embarrassed to wear the fucking jersey. I'm thinking, who am I being managed by? Yeah, but that sends a good message. Hey, we want the best players to be here. We believe in you to make the playoffs. We, 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 we'll mortgage your we'll mortgage your draft picks. They don't matter that much, to be honest. Second and fourth round, I mean, in this type of world, you don't, it's Not hard to predict. Not second and fourth round. They, 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 it, was, it was the second overall. It was in, in, second in, overall? It's, yeah, in the top prospect, it was gotcha. the number two, number four that went away. For guys, they cleared after two weeks, man. Yeah, but they've they got they they've seen them play. I mean, it's not like maybe. So you think they, gave up, they, they, they had given up on them? Maybe, maybe not, not, not the, not the giving up part, but they give, they're, they're saying, "Hey, Totani," because they want him back probably. So that shows him yeah. good faith. And I think there's I'll a bet lot you of that, anything is not coming back, man. Actually, what I'm wondering, like, in I don't know with the injury, with the injury, I think it changes a lot of things. It'll be interesting to see how his agent negotiates that contract. It's going to be interesting to see if there's options of pitching. I would do two different deals. I mean, I would go option pitching, option playing, and then just go trying to like bonuses on game yeah. starter or on game finish or innings pitch or at bats or whatever. Yeah. Cause you and know, I, I talked w- about like a possibility of like a 70, 80, uh, 70, $80 million a year contract. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine uh, he's worth 150 to $200 million a year. If you look at compared to other sports like soccer or whatever, it's not, it's not very, it doesn't make sense in this kind of structure right now. The money is not coming the same way. It's they're very different. But the value, that's his value. I mean, yeah. and, and then if you can't pitch anymore, that brings in a lot. I mean, that brings in the Dodgers. For well, he's sure. not going to pitch that's for next year. That's all he's saying. That's all he's saying. And I mean, that's you know. fine. I mean, then, then even if, when, whenever he does come back, if I was a team, I'm, I'm going six starters. I'm not going five starters with him. He's too valuable to really? do this. There's no reason. Why? Why do uh, you want to make five, that? but just make him so he can no. have an extra day of rest? Yes. It is, I mean, this workload, the only thing, the, the thing that scared me is the workload. I mean, it's hard to get back. In, I mean, it's very hard to get back into pitching. I mean, every five days, you're barely hanging on by a thread in August just to get back to your next start. There's, there's guys that wouldn't even play catch in between, between starts. He's hitting every day. He's throwing. He's doing all that. It's, this is not human to do that. If that's why, like, what he was doing, I mean, it's almost like you're, you know, the big question mark was the health. And it's the health and it's the workload. I mean, he's a he's a freak of nature. He's different than everybody else. There's nothing like him. There's never going to be anything yeah. like him for a very very long time. But I mean, it changes a lot. I think it might be. It actually might be better for the game that he got hurt because there might be more options. That he might go somewhere else. He might not just be the big teams that are going to go after yeah. him. Oh, you know, f- might give what are you talking about? There's only four to five teams who can afford him. And I think afford, I'm being generous yeah, when I say that injury, five. With that injury, well, yeah, but you could have opt-outs after a year or two or three or four. And that, that brings yeah. in teams that don't, you don't have to commit for 15 years. You don't have to commit for 10 years. You can only commit, say, hey, if he's healthy, he's leaving anyway. If not, I have him for two or three years, and I'm exploit that as much as I can. Maybe yeah. I have him one year pitching. Or maybe he becomes a reliever for in two years instead of, you know, starting. A closer. Maybe, Imagine, like, man, closer and DH. for a year. Amazing. Oh, and I would love to see DH that. And close. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that'd, be, that'd be like little league shit, but it'd be like, wow, that's, that'd be fun to watch. You think but there's so much uh, You think you're, uh, you're Dodgers? 
are going to be in of I mean, course of course they are right no just just the fact that you know you know you got the Ideo Nomo the the history they have i mean their dodgers are everything in japan so i mean that would make total sense i mean we're talking about seattle now comes in you got san francisco i mean you got of course you got new yeah. york he's, st- he's saying west coast if he's not signing with the angels he's not signing with the angels I mean, He's such a big name. It doesn't matter East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, There's going to be eyes on him. Really? No I don't see him, you know. Like- and East Coast is going to be a lot more eyes on him. I mean, just for the way it works. I mean, everybody knows West Coast yeah. doesn't get as much attention. So East Coast, you talk about, and if his agency is looking for money, 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 I mean, you're talking about, uh, we talk about money off the field, New York, Giant, I mean, New York, the 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 Yankees. Boston. It doesn't matter. I'm just talking about New York market yeah. for endorsements and stuff like that. Marketing, marketing potential. Yeah, but I mean, I he's all marketing. Of course, I mean, you're talking about marketing. He's not going to be nowhere. And forget both uh, both uh, Chicago cities. Forget the Mets, man. Uh, why not the Cubs? Why not the Cubs? I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I just you don't why not? see it, man. I don't I know, see I know. it. I, I see the Yankees. Just, you know why? Because if does, I mean, I, I I, well, I'll tell you why. Because towards the end of the season, you know, they were like, I think you know, the Yankees have made too many mistakes to go to them to him. Yeah. I just think that. What do you mean? That's why. I think they've made. Too, I mean, they're they're going to get. They should go after him. Every team should go after Shohei But I think with the judge, the judge, and then Judge uh, the Stanton, team, which oh, was like a nightmare of a contract. But they lost yeah, two think, young guys to surgeries. Dominguez has got like Tommy John. Yeah, but where they're at right now, one player doesn't change much. Yeah, I mean, okay. it doesn't. You have a trial. I think if you if you can say, you know what, we're saving whatever forty fifty million dollars, and we can get two or three players, we can revamp the the minor league system. Trade a couple of guys away. You know they need to revamp that's the minor league system. It's not sustainable that way. I don't care how much money you oh. have. At some point, like we've seen it this year, you get all the Yankees, Red Sox, Padres, and the Mets. I mean, you're talking about two billion dollars worth of zero playoff. I know. I you love know, it. and it's like, <laughs> I but I mean. It. It's great. It's great to have the money if you know how to spend it. The Dodgers have learned how to spend. Yeah. I mean, the other teams. Yeah, it's a good combination of like you know, they, mm-hmm. they hit well on either it's, trades or free agents, and the young guys coming up. Like, you know, the you still have to be disciplined. And, uh, you still have to be disciplined. Yeah. I mean, money was only going to fill in some holes, but it's not going to make. It's not going to grow into something, you know, organically grow the game. I mean, not the game, but the team. It's not yeah. doesn't work that way. You can plug in the holes. That's fine. I get that, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. That's what I mean. And Before we bring in uh, Kathy and uh, and uh, your wife Heather, uh, we got to talk about that, especially here, being here in Montreal, man. When it happened, I think I got to uh, you text me like you know it's done. Uh, you know they got a new stadium in St. Petersburg, Tampa area, whatever. And um, and then uh, I, I remember saying, "Oh man, last coffin and, and last nail in the coffin of the Expos, unless What? it's expansion." But anyway, blah 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 blah. And I just don't get the move because I'm thinking, like, okay. I read the articles, like, okay, so now you, you got a shitty location, so you're going to build something even more expensive in that same shitty location. And now people well, are I pulling did, out of the deal. What's going on, man? And I did some research, which is kind of weird. So I got around here, a raise owner accused of business malpractice, right? That's a good so start. So basically, he's accused to take money off the top. He's been paying himself whatever, however. I don't know exactly the details, but anyway, not good, right? Yeah. They're, they're basically, they're announcing a new stadium. As soon as they announced it, the Doyle family or the Doyle people, which is supposed to be the main investor in the next state, in the next city, the buyers, the 250 million, he pulls out. So I'm like, all right, that's kind of weird. So where is that money going to come from? They're going to go back to, they're going to do, they're going to redo the Florida Marlins. They're going to do that again, where they're going to put like, you know, because we all know that a value of a team without a stadium is not much. 
But if you have a stadium or a stadium deal, it goes up a much, a lot more. Yeah. So I wonder if that's what's happening. They're just trying to use the taxpayer again just to kind of this and that. I don't, I don't know because the lead investor is out. Which is 250 million. Yeah. And what's going to happen now? Because I mean, they don't have a lot of room. Because remember, these guys have 79 million dollar payroll. They're making 60 million dollars of revenue sharing. So basically, they just sit there. They have 19 million dollar cover. They have nine million dollars in premium seatings. That's it. So there's 10 million dollars a year. To where does that come from? Not the hot dogs because there's 4,000 people in the stands. So where does that come from? The regional coverage. The sports, uh, you know, the Fox Sports or the yeah. Valley, which are going belly up. Like, all right, so where does that come from? So, if I'm an investor, I'm all right. I'm tw- you're gonna have you're gonna have capital call every year now. But and you know what amazes me is like, and it's million? sad because the Rays are a great team. And you know, as far as, yeah. as, as I'm concerned, we all know about the Marlins travesty with that Loria, and you know mm-hmm. what he's done with this. With this, are they gonna make the same mistake as they've already done that? I mean, I don't even think professional yeah. baseball. Aside it, look, from it looks training. like copycat. It looks like copycat right now. It looks like they're gonna go out there, build a stadium, sell the team at a you know, sell it at a high level. How much more? Get a lot more because they have a stadium. And then what's going to happen? Because we all know that winning team doesn't equate to people in the stands. The Rays are the, the I know. Of, and then a new stadium doesn't equal fans either because we've seen it in Florida. So it's like, all right, so we're going to have two Florida teams that are basically should be moved, or one of them at least. At least, you know. Now let's get rid of both go? anyway. So like, I mean, what was that fucking city sculpture? Like, you know, like in um, – uh, behind the uh, the home run it's friends not, and in center field good, for the for the Marlins, stadium. it's a good stadium. It's a good stadium. Marlins are a good stadium. Is it? Yeah, it's not a bad stadium. Right. I'll not go like there it. once I mean, just to like you know, so I can like you know. It's least, not bad. It's a good stadium, but I'm again, it's, about, it, but then, uh, you know, they're not drawing. They're winning games. They're not drawing. It's been a losing. Both teams. Game. I mean, they, as we're talking, like this, is, like I said, like, we're, we're we're recording the uh, podcast on <laughs> September twenty fifth. Rays are in, obviously, and the Marlins on the cusp. No interest. <laughs> No interest no. whatsoever, it's man. It's sad. So how do you how do you how do you tell the fans like, oh yeah, we're gonna get a new stadium for you four thousand? Yeah. But how? Where's the? We'll make the seats so, bigger. So if you need more hot dogs and fill in the seats, it looked like there's more people watching. So Which I want you to get fatter, and we'll, that, that way the crowd's gonna look bigger. To me, if I'm a guy from Montreal, an investor group or whatever, I'm like, what is going on here? Why? Why is they so into the race? What is it? Where is it? Because I don't. But how long do you think Major League Baseball is going to stand for that? I don't know. That's what I wonder. I wonder if they just, you know, I wonder why they would announce a stadium and then the guy pulls out the next four or five days later. And then you read about this and then there's a malpractice partners. Their partners in the Steinberg partners, all of their partners are suing him. I'm like, that's kind of, it doesn't feel like it's, you know. You know, I I don't think Manfred's the most... He's not the toughest of all the commissioners. I think he he's, works. He's he, he, listen, he works for the owners. Very simple. Yeah. And that's what my whole point is. You can't have guys work for the owners as a. You have to have someone that works for the game, which is the players of the game, the fans of the game, the the owners of the yeah, game. That's... It's all together. So it's like, uh, at some point, like like, like the race. I mean, you look at it. You know, he, he bash. You know, he bashed the fans in Oakland. I'm like, you can't say that. I mean, it's not. That was such a no. That was the biggest mistake ever. If you're saying saying get a new stadium, they're going to get the fans. Why don't you get one in Oakland? What's the reasoning behind it? How about you fucking get one in St. Petersburg? (laughs) Yeah, but we're going to turn around and say the Rays. Oh, yeah, you guys totally should get one. What's the reasoning? Why? What's the same, same difference, right? 
except that the Rays are winning. They have even you have one more. They have one more ingredient that the Oakland A's don't have. They're winning. So where is that? And they've been bring- winning for a while, man. Every year, you know. I mean, they they pull. They're amazing. They're amazing. I know, they team. Found the that's formula. why. That's why I'm excited. I was. I would have been so excited to have them. Like the whole front office, everybody. I mean, this is a. This is the Dodgers. This is the poor Dodgers. This is just the Dodgers with no money. I mean, that's why, like, it's and that's how we built the 1994 Expos. I know yep. people are going like, hey, stop, stop, stop holding on to the past." But I mean, the, <laughs> the scar is still there. Hey, let's uh, switch topics and get our smiles back because when we talk about the Rays, I think Expos it gets me no. I see. I have hope. And, uh, I have hope. I know you I too. I, I, and I try to kill it every time. I just I'm not. Succeeding. I believe it. I believe in Montreal <laughs> as a city no, that's man, very multi, multicultural. You want to grow the game? Let's go. Yeah, that's how you do it. All right, let's go with the chat with uh, Kathy, Kathy Facero and your wife, Heather Gagne. Right. Hey, here we go. Great company. Uh, and, you know, when, you talk, when you're thinking about behind the scenes of the baseball world, I mean, what better source of information than baseball wives? Ex-baseball wives, I should say, not ex-wives, but ex-wives of baseball No, wives of ex-baseball players. And help me out here. I'm trying to get the, the thing correct. Something so, like that. Uh, yeah, like that. Hey, two, I, two wives of ex-old baseball players. That's exactly. what we are. Exactly. Retired baseball players. Oh, yeah, I like retired. that better. Exactly. No, that sounds old. That sounds like Jeff, because for those who uh, confirmed, we're talking to uh, Kathy Facero and, of course, Heather Gagne. And uh, Jeff's older than Eric, so if we say retired, I don't want I don't want, I don't want Jeff to take it personally. You know what I mean? I don't I don't I, retired. I have this image of Jess of Jeff just walking like in in a walker to the balcony and watching live going by. That's which is not like he's getting he's getting there, but not quite. He's still that's pretty good. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go with it. Uh, you know, simple right off the bat. Um, what is the biggest challenge? of being a baseball player's wives. I mean, I think it's amazing how much people can say, oh, that must be the easy life, you know, married to a rich guy and traveling. That's No, you guys are the general of the family. You guys have to hold everything together, right? 100%, yeah. You have to be, like, you have to be the CEO of everything from start to finish. <laughs> right, Heather? How? Yeah, yeah Heather, he basically... Heather, Heather is the yeah. CEO. <laughs> you, have still be, you have to be fine being alone going to things alone especially when you have kids yeah uh, you know mother's days it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> it's just you and the kids and your husband's pretty much guaranteed to be working or in another city so um you know also you just have to be prepared to go anywhere at any time i mean they get traded and you're the one there doing the move getting reacclimated into a new place i mean you're just kind of at the mercy of wherever baseball takes you yeah, sometimes just, sometimes it can be great sometimes it can be places you don't want to go so yeah and not just that because when the guys walk into a locker room they got like 25 new friends automatically well 24 you know what I mean? It's like it's easy to just fit in and get. But I mean, for a wife to, like, yeah, you have the players' wives, but to get to get acquainted to like the daily life in a new place, man, it's got to be. I mean, it's there's something like you know that validating, I guess. I don't know if it's the right word, but I mean, at the same time, it's like that that general feeling of like, all right, I'm alone on the battlefield. It's got to be tough. Well, definitely. I mean, think about me. It was 1990, 1991. 
Jeff gets to the big leagues and I go to a, con- a different country that they speak a different language. Yeah. And I came from a town of 1,200 people. All of a sudden, I'm in the middle of this big city. I don't know the language. I don't know anybody. I didn't have never been on a subway before. So I get on the metro, find the stadium. It was quite intimidating, to be honest. But everybody was super welcoming. But the language barrier was was difficult on top of everything else. And I was pregnant. So I couldn't drink my way through it. <laughs> I love it. Damn it. I got this kid. Damn it. Damn it. Just like, at the same time, you know, I mean, and that's what, I mean, we always talk about how baseball players know, I mean, to make it to the top, yeah, it takes talent, but I think it's also mental toughness. And I think as baseball wives, there's going to be a lot of that too, of like, you know, I can actually just, you know, let's like say, Playing, not victim, you know what I mean? Like, and say how tough everything is. I was like, wow, what a great opportunity I'm, I, I'm getting to like explore the world, or at least North America, as far as baseball is concerned. It's just like, you know, different cultures and just, you know, dive headfirst into life. I, Go for it, Heather. I think one of the, <laughs> I think, I think Heather would definitely, because she's, she's fiercely independent like I am. That's one of the things we really respect about each other. But you also have to give up some of that independence, even if it's like fake. I don't mean fake, but when they come home for the off season, you have to let them feel a part of everything. But it's hard to let that control go because you've been doing it for six to eight months without them. But when they come home, they have to feel a part of the family, which means you have to like let them step in. And I, I mean, it's hard because you have to be I'm independent, to but yet you have to let we them feel. To help you guys. I got another I got a question about like basically because you guys everybody thinks you guys are just players why we say baseball wise and all that I think it's a little BS but Kathy you're CPA Heather you work in investment banking and how hard was it to make that sacrifice to basically put your life you know put your I don't want to say your dreams but your you know your professional careers on the side basically take a backseat for the players and then obviously after that the players like a guy like me looking for what we're going to want to do in the next step after the career and, you know, life after baseball is not always easy, but we have to kind of switch, you know, flip switch roles. Exactly. So how hard is it? And then, cause you guys just tell us a little bit what you guys did before and kind of like tell us a little bit how hard it is to sacrifice all the sacrifice you guys made for us to be able to, you know, live our dream. Now it's, you know, now it's over, but you guys had to sacrifice a lot. You first Heather. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was, I'm, I love to work. So that was definitely a challenge when, if you're going to start a family and you are in this lifestyle, you can't have two people working that you have to have someone who can basically be at home taking care of everything. So your career becomes a thing of the past when you have kids, unless you can somehow find a career that works around that schedule, but there's very few that that do. Kathy was lucky to go right into real estate and kind of keep a career after, you know, her being a CPA. But for me, I really couldn't do investment banking or trading like I have done for, you know, 10 years um, and have a family, especially with a husband playing baseball. So uh, it's a huge sacrifice. And a lot of people think, oh, that's great. You get to stay home. Um, but when it's a big part of who you are, then, um, you know, it sometimes doesn't feel so great all the time. Uh, definitely learned to embrace it and love it and don't regret a minute raising my children. Um, but was very happy to get back into a career, especially with a great partner 
um, and doing something that keeps my mind and my brain working. So, and before, uh, so before, something. before we go into the launch and uh, what you guys are doing together, I, I want to talk about like, have you guys ever had some, uh, you know, a say in where your, your, your husband would sign? Would you guys have ever talked about it? Like, cause a lot of people think, okay, it's just the agent and the player, but I think a lot of have to do with, you know, we're in Arizona right now. A lot have to do, do you guys ever help, you know, your husband pick or tell them where to actually go for, uh, you know, to sign somewhere or, you know, just kind of like, okay, dictate where the players are going to go or the husband. As far as like for you, like you mean like for Jeff and I, when he would be looking at different teams. Yeah, like you know that free agent moment where like you know you get different offers and you have to take you take everything into into consideration. We just honestly, we just followed the money. If it was a one year deal in a city we liked better, but a two year deal somewhere else, we followed the money because your career is fleeting, and you're always you know just one. There's always somebody wanting your job, so we kind of followed the money and we got lucky. Because we lived in great cities, you know, from Boston to Chicago to Montreal. We didn't, we didn't live anywhere that I didn't love. So I, I, we got super lucky that way. Yeah. Because Heather, before you met Eric, you were with Sean Estes. And of course, you know, it was part of it at a young age too. So were you also involved into like when Sean had to make decisions and stuff like that? Um, I, I had my career for most of that time. So I was lucky enough that he worked in cities that I could still work. So um, then at one point we had to live apart quite a bit. So, um, but no, I, I didn't really have a lot of say. I felt like we definitely got lucky for a few years. And then, um, you know, we would, when, when he was a free agent, we definitely looked at the different options. And I'd say, I'd say the best option just happened to be a great city to live in. So we really didn't have to make that choice. Yeah. Here's something else I have in mind also, because you guys are talking about raising your kids and stuff and how I, lo I love what you guys said about also once the season's over, you know, trying to get, you know, the dad side to come back into the family, you know, but I mean, during the season, <laughs> you know, when your husband's a baseball player, is it like having an extra kid to raise I mean, because I see, I see the routine. I see the ups and downs. I see, you know, coming back for like a, from an 0 for 4 or like a bad inning, you know, you know, a blown save or whatever. Like, you know, I see some pouting, you know, crawling down, on the, you know, on the living room floor, like doing the bacon thing, you know, and just like, you know, honestly, let's be honest. It's like having an extra kid, isn't it? Definitely. Like, you cannot put yourself first at all. I mean, if they're pitching, especially – if they're a reliever, Jeff did both. So yeah. if they're a reliever, they have to be well-rested, ready all the time. When Jeff was a starter, it was a little easier. You know, he would let me sleep in every once in a while because he knew he had four days to rest. Yeah. Those type of things. So having having to work around their schedule, to me, was the hardest. Just trying to keep their lives as calm as possible when they were falling apart on the inside sometimes. You know, like, it's 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 tough what these guys do. Really tough. You've got to be the best thing, best version of yourself with every pitch. Give up a home run, the next one you you can't think about that home run. You got to throw a strike, and they they live like that, like pitch by pitch. So when they come home, they just need they need to be able to just unwind 
and be a baby about it if they need to be, because they can't be a baby about it in front of their teammates. Well, so, that, that's why right, we want that. Right, we wanted, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I'm still a baby. That's what. No, no, but hold on, hold on, guys. I want you. No, no, I want, and I, I want to hear from Heather too. But I mean, like you know, ahead, I love, I love that sentence. Be nice, Heather. Yeah, you can't be a baby in front of your teammates. That should be on a T-shirt, man. <laughs> Maybe we can make one. I love it. I'm your first buyer. <laughs> What would you add to that, Heather? Like, as far as I like, you know, being because you have to be there's there's a shrink side to like you know to be a psychiatrist uh, at some point. You know, I mean, it's one thing when your coach is trying. You know, when you're going through uh, through a rough patch, you know, the coach, the players will help you. But I mean, back home, I mean, there's you know nothing more loving than a wife and just her warmth and everything to get you back on track. Yeah, I think you just have to put kind of your needs and maybe your day aside um, and just, you know, be a good listener and a good friend and kind of let them get through what they need to get through. Um, I don't think it ever works to kind of add to their stress, especially in, you know, after a bad day on the mound or whatever it is. So I think, I think it's, fair to say that you gain another child in the off season. I think that's a fair statement, but, I but, love not, it. but not an infant, like a teenager kind of child. <laughs> that's even worse than an infant. <laughs> you know? nice, now nice. she is talking about you, Eric. Now she's really I know she is. I know. Right yeah, at least he calls me a teenager, not an infant. That's good. But I, I do, do at some point, because I mean, like you said, you, know, you have to be a friend. You know, it's not easy. I mean, you know. It's it's not a stable life, especially when it comes to being a reliever. You never know, you know, which days you're going to play. Like you know, like you said, Kathy. At least with Jeff, you know, at least for the, the early the early part of his career, you know that you know you would pitch every five days. But and you try to be your friend, and uh, blah, blah, and like I said, that's the you know p the pouting, like the ups and downs, like you can question yourself. Did and and but at any point, did either one of you just go, ah, oh, just shut the fuck up and get over it? Because that's also part of, of therapy. I, th I think at one point you go, stop being such a fucking baby. Just throw the ball. You know, did anybody ever say that? I really didn't. I just, we went through a phase one time when he was struggling in Seattle. And I just always had, I'd put the kids to bed and he was struggling really bad up there. And I would get a six pack of beer and I would just open up one and hand it to him. And I'd just sit there in silence and just let him kind of dwell. You know, I, there wasn't anything to say because I'd, I didn't know how he felt really. Yeah. I mean, that's, I can't imagine like, like the stress of like what Eric did, like Jeff closed for a little bit, a few points in his career, but what Eric did, I can't even imagine the stress out there on the mound with the bases loaded, the game on the that's, line. It's, it's gotta be stressful. incredibly stressful. But I think Eric, that's not, what's that? I did love it. I miss it. That's why that was, about, that was kind of my next question. That was kind of my next question. Uh, going back to, okay. And then you take that baseball away from us, our infant or our teenagers, you take that away. And all hard. Is wow. You took one of those two really personally, buddy. I've never seen yeah, you like whatever. that. It's like, you know, I'm, our, not, an I'm not an infant. I'm not an infant. I swear. I'm not an infant. I'm not a teenager. I'm like 15 at least anyway, yeah. mentally. But I mean, how hard is it to see, to watch your husband and, You're, you're not your better half, but your other half, you guys are the better half. But how hard is it to watch uh, them after baseball? When you were you well raised, always... my friend. You were so well raised, my friend. You just said the perfect thing. That was That's all. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm just the other half. I'm not even a half. I'm probably a quarter now. But anyway, so just like, 
how hard is it to watch us struggle with, you know, identity and basically, you know, we have to reinvent ourselves. It's not easy because ever since we're three or four years old, we've been playing baseball and we've got the instant gratification of getting someone out, getting the fans standing up for us and really get that adrenaline rush. And you take that out and, you know, no one really sees that because there's no cameras after that. That's kind of why we're doing the podcast and everything, like trying to find something else that we're passionate about. How hard is it to see that someone go through those struggles or to get the identity crisis and kind of like trying to reinvent themselves? Because I know personally, that's what I've been doing. I know Jeff and now you guys are part of it. So how hard is it and what do we need to do and how do we need to fix that? That's well, a very deep would- question. I mean, I personally think you have to find other passions and things that motivate you. Um, I think for someone like yourself that needs competition. So for you, um, I think you have to find things that kind of give you that same feeling of competition, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever it is. Um, and, and you're right. You have to kind of find your purpose after baseball and how you fit in and where, you know, where you can make yourself useful and feel accomplished. So I think that's a challenge for every retired player, um, because whether they're embracing retirement, it's still probably after a few years of that, you you're ready to be challenged or do something or feel important. So I think that's a huge problem in all professional sports. Yep. What do you got, Kath? I agree with that. I agree with that. I think I've seen Jeff go through it twice. Like after he got done playing, you just don't know what to do with yourself. I mean, you're young. He was like 42 years old, I think. Very young. So you just have to, you have to be super patient. I, I saw friends, you know, pushing their husbands, like, why are you sitting here all day? Why are you doing this? Like, they don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know what to do with themselves. So you have to kind of, you kind of have to be a mom with planning a play date. You kind of have to say, hey, let's go out to dinner with these new people that I met. And then maybe, you know, they'll make a new friend that they can go golf with. It's, it's kind of weird, but kind of making them, uh, creating another life for them. And then Jeff got into coaching, which really helped for 11 years. And then the last couple of years, he's been struggling again. You know, like he misses coaching maybe more than he misses playing. Really? He misses that. He loves that he's really good at coaching and he really misses it. But he just kind of got aged out in a way. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's different reasons he's not coaching right now, but he he misses the coaching aspect a lot. So. Yeah. And and you brought up a good point because, I mean, and like Eric said, I mean, most of these guys have been playing, have had a ball in their hands since they were like three years old, you know, and that's all they knew. That's everything they did, you know, except for maybe in high school or they might have played some football or basketball also. But I mean, the main focus was to like, you know, and at this point, it just ends and it usually ends suddenly also. And because you brought up the point of like some of your friends would tell their husbands, like, you know, pick up, pick up, you just get the hell out of the house, just find something to do. But I mean, and I'm asking Eric the question at the same time. Does Major League Baseball provide any kind of guidance, counseling to help, you know, guys once it's done to like, hey, how about we just, you know, just go around, you know, what might interest you and see how it impacts your family, your wife, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Is is, is there like, uh, no, I'm asking the question. 
I don't want to use the uh, word help, but well, at least counseling. I'll go, I'll go. Basically, that's kind of like what, what I'm looking for right now. That's kind of what I'm kind of working on, a bunch of projects, trying to see what sticks and everything. There is a little bit of guidance in that sense, but once you're out of the game, like we talked about, once you're out, it's really, really hard to get back in. That's why a lot of coaching, you have to stay in the coaching. When you get out, like you get phased out a little bit, whether it's the dead analytics now or to get older, like, or the, the salary. I mean, the salaries are very hard. Even coaching, I mean, making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, going being gone for two hundred fifty. Yeah, that's a couple of zeros away from what you guys were making playing. So it makes a exactly. difference. Exactly, yeah. and then it's and then I don't think there is enough. But I think it's you know, that's why we we depend so much on our wives, on our you know, on our on our partner because it's you know it's very very difficult to value yeah. yourself to really find something that's meaningful and we're used to throw baseballs we're a very one-dimensional species and it's very very, fr <laughs> very very frustrating to very frustrating to find a way to get back into i call it yeah. normal society to feel like you're worth something feel like okay I, i'm not just a baseball player but we are just a baseball player i mean i don't care what anybody says that's all we are baseball players yeah there's guys i went to school and everything else but to get to where we're at you basically sacrifice everything i mean you yeah. sacrifice kids you sacrifice a lot of things i mean not just, you know, not just, you know, it's not just about making money. It is. It's great. It's fun. It's amazing. But yeah. I think that after career, I think we need to focus more on that a little bit. But, I, you know, speaking after career, you guys are, you know, you guys are together. We have, I got the T-shirt right here. I want to talk about this because what you guys are doing, <laughs> basically, it's, it's pretty amazing because you guys are two best friends. You guys met through baseball and you guys are still friends. I mean, there's baseball friends, but they're real friends. You guys are real friends. You guys are like sisters and it's pretty amazing what you guys are doing, but just tell us a little bit about launch. Cause it's what you guys are providing for all athletes and everything else. Just tell us a little bit why it's so fun working together. How is it to work together? Really provide something that you guys really have needed when you guys were baseball wives, you guys needed something like that. And you guys are providing that. Just tell us a little bit what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> you go first, Heather. <laughs> well, Kathy really is the expert. Um, I have done homes for fun. And so yeah, a couple years ago, when I was deciding what career path I was going to go back down, um, you know, I talked to Kathy about real estate and she's like, absolutely get your license, let's partner. So it was the easiest thing ever. There wasn't a hesitation, there wasn't a anything. It was just like, let's do it. So that I'm super thankful for. I can't imagine, I don't think I would have done it by myself. Absolutely not. I probably would have just gone back working behind a desk doing some sort of banking job or something. But um, so that was incredibly lucky on my part that she was so receptive. So. A, that, that was kind of the start. And then, you know, Kathy's always conducted business where she had a very concierge type real estate business. She does a lot of athletes. She does a lot of high and, you know, high up executives, that type of thing. And so she's always had this work ethic and this kind of concierge style of doing business that just is above and beyond what I've ever seen and ever in real estate. So this is kind of how we, how she trained me and how we've approached our business and how we plan to go forward. Um, so we've been very successful in kind of forming a team. We've got people working for us or working with us now, um, building our team. Kathy's become part of a really prestigious sports and entertainment group, and she can talk more about that. So it just kind of elevates our whole team. So we all kind of look to Kathy for 
as lead, the leader of the team to say. So that's just because I'm the oldest. <laughs> oh God! No. So the door just got open. Bed. Nobody walk into that trap, man. Let's just leave that door open. Just on this side of the door. <laughs> I, I think it has more to do with the 22 years of experience in owning your own brokerage firm, but uh, yeah, so we're not that far off from each other in age. But anyway, I think that, um, you know, Kathy can kind of go more into the the kind of concierge business that we're, that we're really trying to push forward, but um, you know, that, that is probably the biggest difference between what we do and what other people in our space are doing. Yeah. Okay, so, just tell Kathy, so, just tell us a little bit because you're not, we're not, it's not just about buying a house or selling a house. It's really about taking a family. Like we talked about, you, you, uh, you guys were 16 teams, I think, and you guys had to move a lot. So when we go to a different city, it's not just like, hey, I'm going in, I'm getting in a house. You got to make them feel like it's, you know, make them feel like, hey, we're yeah. coming to a new house. Help them that, that, that transition that was so tough for you when you came to Montreal. And the kids and everything. Just tell us, like, why is it such a boutique and the reason why, like, it's so special? Because you guys are doing something very, very different than most. Well, I, I wanted to keep doing something. I wanted to have my own career after I had given up my CPA career. And I had two or three really bad real estate agents when we would get to a city, you know, they would put me in a neighborhood that I hated or a house I couldn't resell. You got to think about all those things in sports. Like I might have to sell this house in a year, but I want to create a home. So I would like to buy a house in the city. Say you sign a three-year contract or such. So I had a couple of bad experiences and I started thinking I could do way better than this. You know, like I, I know what, what the needs are and I'm smart enough to figure out how to get it done so I got my real estate license and I joined a pretty prestigious team in Paradise Valley. I jumped right into the luxury market because I knew that's what I wanted to do. And just worked, I worked really hard, even like during the season when Jeff, you know, would be playing, I would still work really hard. But the off season, Jeff was a gem about allowing me to just, he would take care of the family and I would work. And I just built up a really good roster of people and got fortunate enough to meet Heather like way back when 20 years ago, I think, a founder of Rental. And we just became fast friends. And when she told me what she wanted to do, I was like, start tomorrow, get your license tomorrow. And I think she had her license like six weeks later. But She's I, a natural. I just want to stop I you for a second. do this I, without her. I'm thinking, you brought up something that came to mind. Is like, you know, if you... If I'm a real agent, if I'm a real estate agent, I have a chance for like you know to sell a house or a baseball player, hockey player, football player, whatever. Why? Because I, I it amazes me, like you said, put in bad neighborhoods, not bad neighborhoods, but the one you didn't want to, something that wouldn't sell. Who's idiotic enough to go? This is such a window of uh, of opportunity to get you know my name out there to like to serve people or like you know make a great living, and we'll talk about it. I mean, that amazes me. I just think the I think that people, unless you've moved 32 times like I did, I just don't think you know like what you're missing until you have what Heather and I do. Heather and I work, we go be uh, above and beyond. We have made people's beds, we have shipped cars, we have I don't know, you know, you cancel plans, it's all-star break. And you know, I think I think the good thing about Heather and I um, is that we listen to people. And we really, really try to deliver because we don't want one hit wonders. We want these people to refer us and to 
rely on us and to pass our names along. And we work really hard at what we do and we're, we're really good at it. And I'm really proud of our team. We do a great job and we're building something. We're building something super special and I'm excited for our future. I mean, Heather is like a shining star. I can't believe like the, what the, the work she's doing right now is amazing and it just elevates all of us. Um, and as Heather just mentioned, like within Compass, there's a, a sports and entertainment group of about 170 people in the United States. And I just got accepted into it in July. And it's gonna bring our business to a whole new level. I'm networking with people who sell to the Miami Heat and people who you know, sell homes for John Bon Jovi and such. And with Eric's connections in baseball, and Jeff's connections, or Heather's is really doing a lot of hockey right now and stuff too. So I think yeah, the sky's the limit for I our I think group. there'll be a lot of moving around or out of uh, Phoenix uh, in the next couple of years. But uh, anyway, I keep, I keep, bugging, I keep bugging Eric <laughs> I, about that. But uh, yeah, anyway. Just, I hope uh, not. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe the future for the league is, you know, to get a bunch of 5,000-seater arena and just uh, bring down the salaries and make it <laughs> – I'm waiting for Eric to jump right back. They're coming. Don't worry. They're coming. Just stop it. I want to go back to what – no, but I'm thinking, like, again, because I want people who are listening to this podcast to demystify the fact that it's not because you're married to a baseball or professional athlete that transition is easy. And you just described, you know, you really described really well, you know, what you guys want to offer more than just, you know, putting, like, a sign in front of a door of, a you know – of a house and just this is the price and you know if you buy you get you know what i mean it's like it could be panicking for someone to like and like you said it because insecurity especially when it comes to the trade deadline end of the season new contract man it's you know it affects the whole household yep and you want to be like as the way they're doing it is very very impressive because you know you want to make sure that this family coming in i mean they're calling transplants all the time like these guys are moving in from team to team i mean they you know the people they're they're, you know they become friends they're they're friends now a lot of those the clients that they work for them for kathy and i mean the kathy and uh heather work for they become friends i mean we've met so many great people and that's the one difference I think they offer. It's not just, you know, you're not just a real estate agent. You become their friend. You become their family. You become like, because all their needs that they need, whether it's, whether it's school, whether it's daycare, whatever it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, anything, pay the bills, everything. A lot of people, when you move every every year, every two years, it's very difficult. And I think the service they offer is unbelievable because it's very, very, very niche because there's not a lot of athletes. So if I get this difficult. right, what I'm basically, I think I understand where we're, you're basically the spokesperson, and you're gonna do the commercials, right, Eric? Is that what I got? Is that the? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, quickly before we go, I gotta go. Let's keep it light and very simple. Uh, between everybody who's on screen right now, you know, a lot of packing and unpacking, and favorite cities and why. And of course, you have to you have to say Montreal, Montreal, and then Plan B. <laughs> For me, uh, New York. Yeah. Yeah, New York right. was amazing. It was right after 9-11. It was uh, that just nothing quite felt like that. The the way the people were embracing each other and the way the city felt, um, that was probably one of my favorite cities. Yeah, I guess that sense of rebuilding and community just, you know, holding on tight. And then, yeah, yeah. wow, it must be such a special time. What about you, Kathy? Well, I went to Montreal for the poutine. That kept me there for six years. Smoke meat, smoke but, meat. But uh, Boston was my <laughs> Boston was my favorite. Um, second, second favorite. We just had, for some reason, 
we were ve we were a very very close knit group of wives and husbands. Like, I would think on an off day, sometimes there'd be twenty of us at dinner together. It really? was just a super special close knit team. Yeah, yeah, and and we Boston's just a really cool city. So um, that was probably my favorite city we played in. Yeah. I, I love that it. he played it. You guys were great, man, and we have so many more more questions. So this is not for the last time we all speak, the four of us. And uh, see, right before was, we went see on, see how easy uh, that was, Heather. Heather was worried I was going to ask some crazy questions about traveling, <laughs> about all that crazy stuff. But oh, you sent me the list. There's a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of subjects she purposely avoided. And you know what? As one of your friends, good move, man. Good move. Sometimes just to shut the hell up is also is always the best move. So uh, and uh, you next know. next time I won't be in my car either. <laughs> no, but actually, next time you're going to show me some stuff because. Right before we started the podcast, we were having the debate, you know, because I, I, I want to be close to you guys. So, so Dona and Flagstaff, I'm going to Flagstaff, man. You and uh, UNA, Norton, Arizona, man. I want to go see those football games. Anyway, hey, thanks uh, for being with us. And uh, right after this pause, or what we call the little uh, glimpse, the glimpse of a pause, it's going to be uh, the closer. Well, it's time for the final segment of the final episode of the season called The Closer, for obvious reason. And uh, with a new, with, uh, we have a new uh, sponsor called uh, Sports Interaction. I guess uh, we, uh, there you go. Uh, if you click on it, uh, the, right now there's a promotion of where uh, the uh, money you put in. Uh, how can I explain it? Well, there, there it is. There you go. Welcome bonus up to $1,000. You put in 500 bucks, they'll put up 500 bucks on their own money. And uh, there you go. So, uh, and especially, like I said, this is late September. Uh, we're not going to be uh, here at, the, at La Poche Bleue for uh, the uh, playoffs and the World Series. But uh, don't worry, we'll stay on the air. We'll uh, we'll find a way to debate and argue and stuff. So here we go. Let's go for our predictions for uh, the um, the end of the season. Uh, there's a week left to go. On um, first of all, the wild card's not settled. American League, it comes down to uh, Seattle and uh, the Rangers. Uh, Rangers just pulled head last couple of days. I think the Blue Jays are, are like, you know, I think the Blue Jays are going to clinch. I like the way the Blue Jays are going. Um, mm -hmm. How do you see the the, uh, the wild card American League? Who do you see? Uh, well, Rays for the obvious Blue reason. Blue Jays. I think Blue Jays are going to be in. And Rays? Blue Jays and the Rays, yeah, of course. Okay. The Rays, I think in the World Series, I think the Rays and the Dodgers are going to be the finalists, I think, to be the ones in the World Series. Really? But, uh, Oh, yeah, I think so. I think the Dodgers know how. I mean, they got so much depth. They got so much. Yeah. You know, I think Dave Roberts has learned how to manage in the playoffs. That's a huge advantage. Okay. You know, we, we don't talk about managing. You realize we, we just went from the wild card to the World Series. Like, it's like, ah, fuck the wild card. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Card? I got the Blue Jays. Blue Jays wild card. <laughs> yeah. No, but right now between the Rangers and Seattle. I, I see. Rangers, I think Rangers. Uh, I hope the Rangers do, but Seattle, I don't I don't see him going in there. I think. No, neither do I. You know, I don't. I think the I Rangers. I like to see the Rangers. It's been a while. I think they've been to the playoffs once or twice in their in, in their history. Actually, last time I like I to see them against. Uh, I like to see the Rangers against uh, the Jays. Blue Jays again. Yeah, yeah. Be I was there. I was there for the bat flip. So, yep. uh, oh man, that was special, man. I was just uh, man. And in the uh, National League, uh, right now, I, I think the Phillies are pretty safe to to clinch a spot. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's coming down to uh, the Diamondbacks. Uh, Cubs and uh, Marlins. Unfortunately, the Reds kind of killed themselves uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, which, yeah. But especially with that crushing loss to the uh, Pirates, uh, who, who came back from nine runs down. And uh, I think what was missing in Cincinnati was a bit of a veteran's presence. But, uh, man, I love those kids. McLean, Dela Cruz, and Carnassian Strand, Friedel. Uh, man, that team's going to be uh, – I, I just watch off the next couple of years. Abbott pitching stuff. You know, they, they're about like two pieces away from being a contender. But um, 
Once again, man, I mean, uh, like I said, the Phillies are in for sure. Am I forgetting a team? But uh, I, 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 love, I love that Diamondback story. I, I don't think they have anything special. Yeah. There's no magic, but I think they're going to be there. Uh, so it's coming down to the Cubs and the Marlins. Who do you like? I think the Cubs. I think I, I like to see the yeah. Cubs. I think it'd be fun to see the Cubs going different way. Not they didn't buy it. I think they've got some good pieces they added in the offseason, but I think it's. I mean, they've they've yeah. gone to where they bought. You know, I don't want to say they bought the World Series, but they bought a lot of players. Now I think they went back to reality. You know, reality a little. Yeah, but bit. a lot of those guys were grown, were, were, and, were you know, homegrown yeah. talent. You know, the the, uh, the, the yeah, exactly the, the Bryant of this yeah. world and stuff. Uh, and and having Ross, David Ross as the manager is fun to watch. Yeah. He's, he's dude he's a really good guy i think you know i think the cubs would be fun to watch and i'd like to see them in there okay so all right let's break down uh who's going to meet in the, in the world series let's just buy you know just just take out some teams right away like let's go let's go nationally first all right obviously the obvious choice would be the braves even though they've just lost two great starting pitchers with uh max fried and uh and uh, norton uh, 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 morton um mm -hmm. I don't know. They might re they might have to rely on guys coming up from the minors. Uh, then again, you know, whenever the Braves bring up a pitcher from the minors, it's always it's always well groomed and ready for any situation. Yeah. Uh, your Dodgers obviously going to be there. Um, I'm 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 starting to fall in love with them. Every time I see Mookie Betts, there's a heartwarming story about this guy. I think they're doing great things. But uh, I think it's gonna, obviously you know it's obviously going to be the obvious choice is to be between the Dodgers. And and uh, and the Braves because I mean Milwaukee never does anything in the postseason. They're still a couple of pieces away. Uh, I think the know. Braves. I think the Braves will be out in the first round. What really? Yeah, they won too many wow. games. It's just they're too good. <laughs> they, <won laughs> they got a hundred wins already. <laughs> Since when is winning too many games supposed to be like you know like a I handicap? Know, I just have like the Seattle story in my head. It's kind of like, oh like yeah, that season of the one. Winning. Oh god, they should be winning. They should be doing this and that. And right. I don't know. They look too good on paper. <laughs> So all right, so I got the uh, for me. I got the, I would love to see the Dodgers versus the mini Dodgers a Rays. I think it'd be kind of cool because you got you yeah. know Andrew. I'm, I'm sure they love the, the fact that you call them mini Dodgers. Well, there's a compliment the, in there somewhere. The, the less money Dodger, whatever you want to call it. All right. And I just think a lot of the Dodgers. I mean, because the Dodgers basically copied what the Rays are doing, plus they threw With money less at money, it. So. Exactly. What about the American League? Like I said, I we both said that Seattle was going to be out. Rangers, Blue Jays. I like the way the Blue Jays are finishing the season. Yes, um, I think the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have a lot of relievers, yeah. a lot of good stuff going on, and they're fighting right now. So I think they're, you know, they're not going to have to turn that switch on and off. If they're going to be really yeah. hot going into the playoffs, I think they're they have a good chance. But but in I the French podcast, you mentioned the Twins. The Twins. Yeah, sorry, the Twins. The Twins. I mean, the Twins are just solid. The Twins. I think the sleeper. The, the you know the. The sleeper team, I think, would be the Twins because no one's expecting them. They have the worst record of all the playoffs team. And I think the way they play Rocco Baldelli, the way he manages, the way they play the game, you know, pitching and defense, they do the little things. They get the guys over. They don't play with egos. I think it will be a good, a fun team to watch it for sure. I mean, not a lot of people are going to bet on him, but I think it would be, yeah. uh, be a good bet, I think. I just love the way you avoid – you know, talking about my Baltimore Orioles, you, you'll do anything. It's like, you know, right? It's like, it's I don't like, believe in it. I'm like, not, like, I'm not there yet. Sorry, it, it doesn't register in my really? head. That that good. I don't know. Not it's crazy. Because I mean, once they again, are good, obviously, because they're like, I look at what, their record. Yeah, what's the road record? 52 and 29. This is impressive. I mean, that's yeah. not like by far, it's the best in the playoffs by a lot. I mean, uh, Rangers are 15 31, and they, they're not very good at home, they suck at home. Oh, I'm sorry. No, on the road to 37-37. And the way, there you go, 59-29 is the Orioles. Yeah. And the closest is like 40. 
46 Look, wins. I mean, they're, all, they're, they're a bunch of young kids. They're like you know, big veteran presence. You know, I mean, they only got a couple of, you know, like me, like Kyle Gibson type of thing. You know what I mean? It's like uh, they, they're going to have to rely on just their passion and, like, you know, just like that that huge sometimes, movement's kind of like, you know, just put, like, their horns down and just hit that wall and just go through Ignorance it. is bliss sometimes. You know, they don't know any better. They go out there. They play loose. They have nothing to lose. Yeah. And, I mean, they know they're good. Obviously, they've won 97 games, but it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, these guys are – so surprising. I didn't think, you know, because the guy that when I was at the Rangers, the guy with the minor league coordinator was uh, Matt Blood, and he's there now. So he's done an amazing yeah. job to get the whole minor league system going, and it's pretty impressive what they're doing. And I never thought they would win 70 games this year or so. <laughs> and they're going probably going to be – I told 100. you, I said it on a French podcast, I want to do it again. If the, if, the, if the Baltimore Orioles making to the World Series, you're taking me there, man. We'll go. We'll go there. We'll go to beautiful yeah, Baltimore. There, for sure, man. Uh, and it's funny enough, nobody mentioned the uh, nobody mentioned the Astros. I think uh, it could be it could be a it's not it's not an easy pick, but they were there last year. They know what playoffs are all about. I mean, they got the experience. You know, they know how to go through it. But uh, I don't. And know. they got dusty. They got dusty over there. Yeah, so. but I'm just uh, I don't. Know. Just, uh, but you know what? Here's um, you know, like you said. Well, I love to see the Orioles there for sure. Uh, we mentioned it before, uh, Dodgers in National League East. I don't know. If the Braves are going to be tough to beat. I love the balance of that team. Uh, like uh, we just said a few seconds ago, let's see what the what those the two injuries, uh, what, what the impact of those two injuries are. But, um, you know, it, it's not a playoff run uh, or a World Series run without, like, a dark horse just screwing up everything and being surprised. Uh, one in each league. I'll go first because you, 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 you beat me to the punch in French, so I'm going to say it. Uh, I mentioned the Blue Jays. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays played spoiler because, I mean, I love the way they're closing the season. Everybody's starting to hit again. Um, you know, I mean, the, the pitching's questionable. The starting pitching's a little bit questionable. Lacks a bit of death, but uh, bullpen's great. And, uh, well, it's decent. Let's just say it's great in my mind. And uh, But I like the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, they're, like you said, you got guys that got a lot to prove. You guys got Harper, yeah. and it's now he's – you know he's got a lot of money in now. The only thing missing is winning. I think he's uh, he's hungry for that, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I just, I, just, I like the moxie of that team. You know, I, I I like the way they went about it during the, the trade deadline. You know, it's oh the guys are rugged. You know, everybody and does their home. job, and, uh, and they, these guys at home, the crowd's gonna be crazy loud. I know the people that they're they're very hard on the visiting team. Yeah. So it's imagine be- if it was like a Phillies Blue Jays World Series from way back then, like you mentioned. <laughs> We talked about early in the podcast, man. Back in the early '90s, man, what a great time that was. So uh, I don't watch. Know. It's gonna be Baltimore versus Milwaukee. <laughs> why, why are you saying that in a bad way? <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be, like the TV, the TV rights, and the TV people. Oh yeah, no, no of course, that. man. No, of yeah, course. But yeah, but hey, you're real fun, and you're not. What is this whole thing? It's like yeah, the World Series is in a big baseball market. You're a baseball mm-hmm. fan, or you're not. So just watch the fucking game, or shut up, man. I had to finish. This season with the f bomb once again, which I don't think I think we stopped counting a little while ago. I mean, that dropped during the yeah. season, but uh, yeah, we're getting a new stadium in Saint Eustache. Exactly. So. Hey, we haven't mentioned that in a while, man. We're trying to build up the new stadium in Saint Eustache because you know, because I, I talked to the to, to the folks and uh, from the league, and you know, it's a great enthusiastic uh, um, uh, crowd. I mean, they they show up for the games, they're behind the team. So can we just give him a, a proper place to sit down and enjoy the game? And just uh, the hot dogs are great, though, and so it's a poutine, but. Uh, Hey, folks, this is uh, this sums up the uh, last uh, episode of Game Over for Season 1. Uh, we're going to come back for the Season 2 uh, probably. Uh, we're still deciding. We're still figuring out. Because uh, we'll be honest with you. When we came up with the project, 
especially doing this in Montreal. We knew we wanted to do it both in French and in English. And um, and at the same time, you know, uh, you know what it's like to start a new podcast. You know, you got to build from the ground, for, you know, obviously. And uh, we're thinking, okay, baseball in Quebec was interest, and I think we underestimated that uh, even though we've been pushing it and talking about it, we know there's love for baseball in this province. There's a lot of love for baseball in this province. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys have shown it to us through the comments, to uh, every messages we got and everything. Thank you so much. Uh, and like I said, uh, Eric and I are going to find a way to uh, stay uh, somewhere on the air uh, between the offseason because, uh, hey, we're going to attach you guys. We're going to attach. If you want to follow us on the uh, on the social media, there you go. There are the addresses. And uh, good job, um, you know, from from uh, La Poche Bleu uh, and the uh, social media team because, I mean, uh, Eric and I, it's not, it's not our best thing. The social media thing is like, you know, we, we, we started off pretty good, but just, uh, but thanks for, uh, you know, Uh, taking over and just uh, making this like I think every day I see something mentioned about our podcast or some you know fun video to share or whatever fun stats to share so thanks you guys have uh, La Poche Bleu was a great uh, great help for making this uh, for the startup of this uh, of this podcast thanks to everyone uh, thanks to you my friend man fuck man I can't believe well, anyway we're gonna probably be talking to each other like every two or three days during the playoff series but uh, man a lot of fun doing this with you Thank you. It was a lot of fun. A lot of learning. A lot of, uh, we, you know, we're friends now, best friends now. That's amazing. Amazing. I like so that. It was a good time. We have, yeah, we get to learn a lot. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how that was going to turn out. Turn out well. So <laughs> thank you, La Poche Bleu. Thank you, Max. Appreciate yeah. it. You just said it now. No, we're best friends, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for my birthday message, too. It was also very touching. But anyway, all right. So before we start crying, Thanks uh, to the most important people throughout all this is you guys, you guys for watching this. Uh, like uh, like I said, you know, we're going to come back stronger for season two with more content, obviously. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy every single game that you can watch. And, uh, man, I know, th- th- I think it's, this is this was one of the most exciting seasons in a long time. And the playoffs are going to be just about, they're going to be, well, they're, they're going to be representative of what that season was like. Yeah, so, uh, you know. And, cool. Yeah, and for the last time we can say. Game over. Exactly. It took a year. We still suck at doing it. We like timing, but we have, we have a, like a more better like, emotion. We'll, we'll we'll do like a game over spring training, just like you know, in the just to get, try to get it done. Hey, thanks, folks. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Game over.